You're listening to Building the Game with Rob and Jason. It's Building the Game with Jason and Rob. For tabletop game design, you really can't go wrong. Building the Game, yeah, Building the Game. All right, let's make a show. Spiel like, hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday. August 6th. August 6th. You're listening to episode 323. We're here to talk about being at Gen Con, but that's not true because we're at Gen Con right now. Yeah. Or we're home, depending on when you listen to it. But either way, we're not talking about Gen Con. Gen Con, Gen Con, Gen Con. Not going to happen. I'm Jason. That's Rob. What's up? You know what I just realized? Oh, no. We are almost, not quite, we are almost halfway to episode 650. Whoa. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That is pretty close. Almost halfway. Wow. Wow. That's neat. That's exciting. I mean, that's a real milestone. That is. 650. Woo. That's a real milestone. I mean, we were excited about 100, but to be halfway to 650, that's crazy, dude. I can't think of a better benchmark for our success than that. No, right. I, I mean, that. wow. Wow. Rob and Jason, halfway to 650. Yeah. Al- almost. 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 Not, not almost, almost halfway. So, yeah. Whew, we have to almost celebrate that episode, if you remember. 650. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah. Oh, I wanted to I wanted to real quick plug the uh, the the expansion to uh, Tales of Arcana again. Man, I just I dig that game, guys. Don't forget oh, about I it. I know. I know you Don't do. Forget. All right. That's the last plug that I'll, that I'll give for no, it, I promise. No, I was teasing. It's yeah. a cool game. No, it's neat, uh, you know, and, and uh, I, I'm sure it'll fund. It's well on its way to funding, so I'm not worried about that at all. Funny, fun. But fun. I want to get all did in. You, did you get it? Oh, yeah, I yeah, assume. Of course, yeah, I backed yeah, it. Yeah, so. yeah. I just want to get those stretch goals, guys. So, you know. I feel like you're, you're kind of back in the Kickstarter thing again. I'm back in this game. <clears throat> Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, like, you're. I've heard you talk more about Kickstarter. Like, oh, I backed this or I backed that. Oh, well, I, so yeah. I backed two things lately. So I backed that um, because because I, I like the original one. And then uh, recently I saw a game on there called Getaway Driver that's basically the Italian job, the game, but not like the crappy remake, the original Italian job, yeah, the, the game. The remake wasn't so bad. It was kind of fun. It was, it was a very different movie. Well, very, very different. Yeah. It was not, it did not have all the joy and charm. Of also, the if you're worried about physics, don't don't watch that don't, movie because right. it does not work. It's dumb. Anyway, um, the, the the idea of it though is that is that um, it's a two player uh, a special game. One player is is the running all the police in a small European town. The other player is the getaway driver uh, who's driving a Mini Cooper through this town trying to get out of town. Uh, so you're you're maneuvering and driving around town, uh, and the the cops are trying to throw roadblocks and up and things in the way, and and I don't know, it just look neat. I really dug the art style too. Of course, you know my wife and I have a mini, so I'm I'm I have an affinity toward minis. Yep, and you drive it like you stole it. Um, I bet you don't. I no, I don't. I don't. I don't drive poorly. I'm a very good driver, Jason. Oh, yeah, of course, I'm a very good driver. Yeah, cool. I believe that. Um, so no, those are actually the only two things that I've backed with lately. Cool. Yeah, I haven't backed much lately either. So I've been trying to quell the habit. It's tough, right? It is tough. Yeah. I, Amazon is a good habit to have, though. So that's I just buy what's stuff out there. <laughs> it's a great habit. So you want to talk about buying stuff you didn't plan on buying? Can we oh. talk about that? Let me talk about that for yeah, a second. Yeah, go ahead. So um, so I went to, uh, we went to a wedding uh, a couple weeks ago, but I haven't been there yet. Uh, so I uh, go into, um, I need, I've got my suit, right? 
And I realized I haven't worn my suit in several years, and I try it on, and I've I probably weighed forty to fifty pounds less than the last time I put this suit on. Oh, congratulations! When I bought it, Thank that's you. fantastic. So I um yeah I I put it on and uh, like the suit jacket oddly enough still doesn't quite fit right because it's just an <laughs> off the shelf one. Oh yeah. Like and I bought it for the shoulders, not for like the stomach. Yeah yeah yeah. So um but like the is uh, the last time you wore that to my wedding? No, you didn't wear a suit to my wedding though. Yeah, I didn't. No, last time I wore it was to another wedding several years ago probably four years ago okay um but anyway so i uh i uh i tried on the pants were just like super baggy in the legs and i was like oh gosh so i showed it to my wife she was like you should try and get that taken in and you got to get something you know altered around here and you're a dude you go to suits you tailor shop with my hair Oh yeah, that guy is amazing. I've right? been there before. Yeah. yeah, he's he's like a he's like a legit master tailor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've several of our friends have been. Joe, our friend, has, was fitted by him, and yeah. So I went in there and I said, I said, hey man, listen, it's Tuesday. I'm leaving on Thursday. <laughs> like I need this suit by then. Could you alter it? He said, no. He's like, I'm four <laughs> weeks behind. Oh wow, right now. I mean, and it looks like a little dinky shop, but it goes way back and literally is just all full of suits. Back. Yeah, it's like a massive long corridor between those other two stores. Right? Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I was like, oh gosh, you know. So, um, so we were kind of talking, and I said, I don't even know if it's worth fixing this suit because it's kind of old. It's like eight years old, you know. And mm-hmm. and it, I didn't think I don't think I bought a super classic suit. Like I mean, it, I could wear it and not be embarrassed, but it's not. You know what I mean? I'm mm-hmm. not a huge fan. Yeah. He goes, no, try it on, try it on. So I, I, I put it on and he's like, let me see the pants. So he like looks at the pants. He's like, this is what I could do to them. And uh, um, except for he said it in a super smooth accent. Um, <laughs> and I was like, okay, okay. I, he goes, is that acceptable? And I said, I don't really like it still. And he's like, yeah. He's like, that's what I thought you were going to say. Also, you got the suit at Kohl's. He didn't say that, but he meant that. Um, <laughs> so he made sure to mention that I got it at Kohl's at one point, right? Uh-huh. So he, uh, so uh-huh. he's like, I said, well, I said, if I get a new suit, could could you have that ready for Thursday? And he's like, oh, I don't know. He's like, he's like, you're you're kind of like, because I have shorter legs and I have thinner legs, but I still have a bit of a stomach. And so he's like, you know, he's like, I don't know. It might need to be customized. He's like, let's try. Literally, the dude just walks past. I swear, doesn't even look. Pulls a jacket off the shelf <laughs> and goes, try this on. I have never worn a jacket that fit better in my entire life. Like, it's amazing. Yeah, right. And I'm like. Wow, like I said, this is I'm like Maher, this is amazing. And he's like, It looks good, right? And it's it's more modern looking, you know, and he's like yeah. um he's like, It looks good on you. He's like, try the pants on. Dude has not measured my waist, right? <laughs> yeah. I've never yeah. worn dress pants that fit better than those pants. They're way too long, right? Obviously, because yeah, 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 that's yeah. how they make them. Sure, so sure. like a seven foot tall dude could wear them. Yeah. Um he's like, You like the suit? I'm like, I love this suit. He's like, I'll have it ready for you Thursday. I'm like, well, dude how much is it right yeah so he is actually like and i saw this on the sign when i was walking in but wasn't planning on buying a suit he said like a 50 percent off sale so it's oh, like 175 bucks like that's cheap yeah it was normally 370 uh, 350 wow. right yeah um and this guy he only sells the good stuff right yeah, I mean, yeah, like, yeah he yeah. is legit um it's like a renoir or something like that so okay, like, I, don't I, don't know. Know. I don't know i don't know it looks really fancy so good and so i'm like let's do it he's like all right he's like He's like, in the alterations, just the legs, I'll just charge you like 12 bucks for it. And I was like, wow, sweet. You know? Nice. Because normally he said, if you have to do real customize, it's like 80 bucks for that, yeah. which yeah. still is a good deal. Yeah. But he's like, you want a shirt and a tie? And I said, I said, well, here's a picture of the shirt and the tie I had for the other suit. He's like, yeah, no. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, that looks very nice with that other suit. That does not work with this suit. Um, he's like, oh. I'm th- he's like uh, I said, well, here's what my wife's wearing. He's like, oh, he's like, 
your wife looks beautiful. Uh, of course, he's a good dress, right? Yeah. He's so great, right? <laughs> he's like, uh, he's like, okay. Uh, so here's the, he's like, there's purple shirt and this purple tie, like this paisley purple tie. It's like, it's really cool. Uh, and he's like, he's like this, like boom, boom, puts it all together. And I'm like, wow. And he's like, well, he's like, if you want to buy the tie and the shirt, the tie is 65 bucks. The shirt is 30 bucks. And I was like, oh gosh. And he's Spend like, money on a good tie, Jason. Right. Well, but then he says, but you're buying a suit. So 45 bucks for the whole deal. And I was like, are you serious? He's like, yeah. He's like, this one comes with a pocket square. I will press it and fit it to your suit. <laughs> like, no charge. Guy's killer. Uh, and then he's like, you need a belt, right? And I was like, no, I got I got a belt. He's like, you need a belt. <laughs> he's like, just pulls the belt off. He's like, you want you want to go brown or black? And I said, I, I kind of like I kind of like brown. I said, will that match okay? Because it's a gray suit. But that's uh-huh. like a thing now that like you can now wear brown and gray together. What? Since when? I don't get fashion. Never mind. Stupid question. You can though, right? You totally can. Okay. I, All right. I don't know. I found this out a few years ago when I saw someone else. And I was like, was that okay? Because my wife's always said it's not. But now apparently it's trendy to wear like brownish with, I don't know. But whatever. Whatever. So he pulls his belt up. Looks great. And I was like, is this really acceptable? He's like, it's good. <laughs> he's like, why are you questioning me, bro? He's like, I know what I'm doing. Um, and then he's okay. so I get the belt. And he's like, you know, the belt, 50 bucks. He's like, $29 because you're buying the suit. Because basically <laughs> what he does is he gets you to buy a suit and then he... Oh, makes yeah. all the accessories Upsells. way cheaper, Upsells. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm like, all right, all right. I said, yeah, I'll get the belt. He's like, you need shoes? I said, no, 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 no. I have really good <laughs> shoes. I said, I have really good shoes at home. Uh-huh. Uh, he goes, what do they look like? I said, well, they're like a reddish dark brown. I said, and they'll match the belt. And he's and I showed him a pair of shoes that match. And he's like, that will totally match. Uh, and I was like, great, great. And he's like, but did you see these shoes? <laughs> and like, they're like the wingtip style, like, like they're amazing, right? Uh-huh. They're like dark brown and light brown, and like he's like he's like eighty nine bucks. He's like you don't get a discount for the suit, but I'll give you a discount anyways. Like I'll drop ten bucks off the price. So it's like you, you sly <laughs> dog, you. So I bought it. Uh-huh. So um, yeah. nice. So, so Good. uh, yeah, yeah. So he was like, uh, he's like, you know, he's like, you're a good customer. This is, I mean, it was like 10.30. He opened at 10. I'm in there at 10.30 and uh-huh. I've spent like hundreds of dollars on a brand new suit. You made his day. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Dude was pretty happy. I was you were like, easy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and uh, I said, no, this suit, I could wear this with different color shirts and ties. And he's like, oh yeah. He's like, you come back here and I'll set you up again. And I was like, well, my wife would appreciate that rather than me going and shopping for it. Uh-huh. And I was like, could I wear this like a blazer style? And he's like, Oh yeah, totally. But come back and I'll get you a different blazer. <laughs> Which to me said you could, but let me just Don't get you a different blazer. Don't do that. So, so I was like, because I, I kind of wanted. There have been several business things I went to where like I yeah. would have minded having a blazer sure. to wear. Sure. Yeah. Um. And uh, so I'm like, well, I said, okay. When I come back, like in a couple weeks, I'll get a new shirt and I'll get a blazer. Yeah. But my wife's like, I feel like you going to this tailor shop one day has like changed your like outlook on like being dressed up like in oh yeah because he made it comfortable sure like, yeah so many times you're wearing a suit and you're just kind of like i just nothing yeah fits. It's just, yeah and, no no yeah yeah, yeah but yeah, like yeah. i've never worn a good suit before like, yeah wow mm-hmm. and the fact that the dude just like could eyeball me and just throw stuff on me yep like that's insane yeah yeah i will say this to any man and especially to any you builders out there uh y- y- young builders you know who mm-hmm. who are maybe <clears throat> who are maybe not not our age pushing forty here right, right? I know to, right? to you guys who are in your late teens or early twenties if you're out there or, or even anybody else anyway whatever it's worth if you if you need to look good you need to look good okay it's worth spending money to look good yeah right yeah yeah you can go in Kalamazoo the only place you can go to buy men's dress clothes that's not a place like that right right. The only place you can go in Kalamazoo to get decent men's dress clothes is Macy's. 
Yeah, yeah. Because okay? Kohl's has stuff that's not. I mean, don't. It's I mean, yeah. If you if you are like you don't have any money and you really need a suit for like an interview or a funeral or something. Sure, I guess Macy's right. might be about comparably priced, though. Honestly, a Macy's is going to be a little more expensive. So, yeah, but but I mean, you can go to Kohl's and you can get a button down, you right, know, right, stri- right. A shirt, you know, for 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 work. You and I both wear Kohl's shirts to work every day, right? I'm wearing a Kohl's yeah, shirt right, right now, so, and that's fine. <laughs> but if you want to look good, right? Uh, don't buy, do not buy a tie from J.C. Penney, guys. All right, don't do it. <laughs> Those ties look like. <laughs> Okay, they look like. <laughs> sh- don't spend less than fifty bucks on a tie. Yeah, you should spend yeah. a lot more than that on a tie. I'll even say, actually, Kohl's actually they now sell pretty nice ties in like, like you won't get out of there for less than forty bucks for a tie, like, okay. um, which is I that's mean, not like, enough. No, but I'm still <laughs> there is a there is a certain up quality from the ones that you would see at like the cheaper yeah. stores for sure. Like mm-hmm. if you bought a tie at Walmart, right? Um, but no, no, no. I mean, no judgments, right? I mean, this is like. Uh, I just was excited because I mean I actually like was able to like like put on dress clothes and be like wow I feel like good in these dress clothes I yeah. feel comfortable I don't feel right. like I'm in this monkey suit like I, yeah. I actually am like now I understand how like salesmen who wear suits all the time like yeah. how they can do it and not yeah. be like I hate this uh-huh. and when you think of the old school salesmen that did that they all had custom suits mm-hmm. right I mean they were all going like because you went to the tailor and right. you got the stuff done right. Yeah. Um. So, so I'm stoked. Yeah, I'm pretty good. Stoked. You should be. Yeah, it's it's worth spending the money because then you feel good in what you're wearing. Right. And yeah. this is nice. It's a dark suit, which means it's pretty multi. It's, it's yeah. grayish, so like I could wear it to a a not great event. I could wear it to a good event. You know, sure. black tie probably can't get away with because you got to wear a tuxedo to that. Right. right? right, right but right. I don't plan on going to black tie events because I hate wearing tuxedos. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway. What, what what are we doing here? What is this? This is a podcast. So let's podcast? talk about. So we, this is this is the yeah. the building the suit podcast. Building the suit, suit you Taylor shop. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of what he sounds like. But is he Israeli? Yeah. Um, I don't. Uh, I always I want to say that he came from like Iraq or something. He might have. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I, I haven't been there in a while. Also, I walked in there. I haven't been there in years, and he's like, "You've been here before." Really? He's like, I tailored something for you. And I was like, holy crap. And it was a pair of pants or something he fixed or yeah. a suit. I don't know. It was not my suit. Because seriously, he flips open the flap and sees its chaps. And he's like, you got this at Kohl's, you know? Yeah, yeah. sure. Of he's course. like, that's okay. That's okay. Like, And frankly, for dress shirts like this, it's like, fine. The, Kohl's is perfect. Like, yeah, right. Because I don't want to overdo it mm-hmm. on on regular plaid-ish shirts to wear to work. Right. No, Because I, I, I mostly just work in plaids. So <laughs> as Tammy from my team will tell you. Yeah. If I don't wear plaid one day, she'll be like, What's wrong with you? Why are you not wearing plaid? Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, so I have a topic I'd like to talk about. Please do. So at Gen Con, I was wildly successful showing people my game Singularity. <laughs> I don't know. So Singularity, I talked about the last time. It's the game where you've got a list of words. Uh, you're going to get... I've changed it now. You're going to get to see two cards with four words on them. You're going to pick one of those words. You're going to write down a word to... Re- to hope help people guess those that word and then you're going to pass it around like telephone style with everybody writing a new word until the last person sees the newest word that was written and that's it and then they have to look at a list now of six cards so you're going to one card is going to pop up with two more words and you're not going to get to see it ahead of time because that way you may pick a word and then a similar word comes up to where you could be hosed. I actually mm. thought about having you just have two choices and having four more, but that seemed a little too much. So this way, you got 66% of the information. That last 33 is, is going to be a wild card, right? I'm going to try that. If that doesn't work, then then I'll switch it to all revealed. 
But mm-hmm. I like kind of that little like, oh, crud. You know what I mean? Like that initial. Hmm. Okay. Um, plus, it takes a little bit of fear, I think, out of a nervous person doing that job. Because if it totally gets hosed, no one's going to know which card they had to start with. Mm-hmm. So that other card that's been added in when they shuffle it up and reveal them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if there's two words that are close, and like, why would you pick that? And you're like, oh, oh I didn't. Ha ha. It yeah. Just gives them a little out, you know, so sure. that they're not so embarrassed. But but what I am concerned about with any party game, and this is something we've talked about with things like Cards Against Humanity and stuff and Apples to Apples and other games like that. Party games in general, we feel like. Yeah get boring after a while, right? Like they can, yeah. they can like you, you play a game a few times and like you get the jokes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but what, what is it that makes a party game stick and that makes a party game not be boring after a few plays? I think the answer to that is player input. That, that if, um, if the party game is, is <laughs> encouraging players to interact with each other, because I mean that's why you're you're there, right? You're ha- you're at a mm-hmm. party to be interacting with people, and if the party game is encouraging you to interact with each other and 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 uh, you know, not just participate, but but um, share share an experience and 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 put your yourself into the game, uh-huh. then then that adds that adds some uh, replayability. Whereas if whereas uh, uh, you know if if what you're doing is is just playing the game and we're all having fun with this game together, but we're mm-hmm. not putting ourselves into the game. We're not contributing something to the game right. other than rolling our dice and moving our pieces or whatever it is, then then that will get boring. Uh, that's something that that people might are less likely to say, you know, hey, that was fun and surprising last time. Let's do that again. But or, or they they might be less likely to say that a third time, you know. But Cards Against Humanity has exactly what you described. Play your input. I pick a card and I put it out there. Apples to apples has the same thing. So why do those games get less fun? Uh, so you're not putting yourself into those, though. You, what you're doing is you're you're just choosing things from from things that are pre-written. Okay. Yeah. So like the difference, like hoping that my game will be something people want to keep replaying. The difference is you are always presented with with one piece of information and you are making decision and you are passing along that information in some form mm-hmm. hoping that the next person gets it yeah i think so okay. and, and 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 you're you're changing that experience right and and the group that you play that with it, they're going to have their own new words to add to that right 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 and that's something that we we tried to do when we when we did finish it right to say these are ideas right and and realistically if you play finish enough those ideas or those those items or those scenarios are going to become more and more familiar and so that does have probably a lifespan where you might right. get done with it um but i think that life lifespan is longer than some of those other words on cards games and that's because you're combining them in weird ways and you're still trying to invent your own story right 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 no that's fair um, and I'm thinking about monikers, which you've still not played, right? No, I haven't. No, and which is a lot like Times Up for for those who've played Times Up. Or so I'm told. I haven't played Times Up, but and the idea with that is you've got this. You get these cards. They have weird things on them. And you're mm-hmm. trying to describe them to the people, and the, but the way you have to describe them each round gets harder and harder and harder. Yeah. So there's a lot of recall that you have to be able to do. Yeah. Um, and that makes you feel clever, right? Yeah. And that makes you feel engaged, and that makes it feel like every time you play it with a different group. It's different, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that 
is, is again, that's the key, right? Is that player input there of I'm putting this idea out there to try and communicate to you, um, mm-hmm. you know, what that is. I also think it takes a certain group of people, right? Um, oh, sure, yeah. There are some people who would tell you that Cards Against Humanity is always funny and will always be funny. Um, I think those people are wrong. Yeah, I don't agree um, with that. I mean, frankly, I think Cards Against Humanity is, is never really that funny, but that's just not my. It's just not my. Sure, game. no, and um, and I enjoyed it for a time, and and then was done with it. Right. Yeah. Apples to apples, I've never liked that. No. Okay. Um, I mean, okay, the first time I played it, the second time I played it, I probably was like, this is fun. And by yeah. the third time, I was like, I don't ever want to play this again. Sure. So, yeah. And I feel like Apples and Apples has a longer life on it because it's not as specific. You know, Cards Against right. Me is very specific. And I think Apples to Apples has is, is more general. And, and again, has more opportunity for you to kind of put your own interpretation onto it, right? And assign right. your own meaning to it. So I think it has a longer life than, than Cards. But, um, well, the but other- it still has, has an end. Speaking of genericness, what we found is we played regular Apples to Apples a couple times, and it was all right. We switched to playing Apples to Apples Junior, mm-hmm. which is like, so Apples to Apples might say Barack Obama, but Apples to Apples Junior is just going to say the president, yeah. right? Because they're trying to keep it simplified. That was actually more fun yeah, because it allowed that open interpretation, right? Mm-hmm. For the group, I could I could put something with that, and it would, oh, oh yeah, that reminds me of this thing we talked mm-hmm. about one time, right? So... Sure. Um, still that game, I, I honestly, I think what killed that game for me was the voting aspect of it. Right. Um, uh, because in those games where it's just words on cards and you're like, vote on this thing, no input. It's not like a finish it where it's like, tell me a story yeah, and then vote on the story. Right. Um, which there's just more information you put more, again, you're putting more into it. It's mm-hmm. not just like, look at my card. That I made a match. Mm-hmm. I wasn't funny. My card was funny. With Finish It, you can have the best cards and tell the worst story. Sure. Or you can have the worst cards and tell the best story, right? Yeah. That, that I think that's the player input that makes a difference. We're yeah. just trying to sell our own games here, I know, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so the downside of that, of voting in general, and you're right about this, is that is that sometimes you can... Somebody can make the wrong choice, Right. Right. And there are times when, when I mean, most of the time, whatever, it's personal opinion, but there are some times when somebody just <laughs> objectively chooses the wrong winner, period. Right, right, Where it's just, and everybody around the table knows that they made the wrong choice. And it's like, uh, Even the person who just won is like, knows. I'm going to give this to Rob. Rob, Rob won this round. Yeah, knows that, <laughs> nope, that was, they chose the wrong one. Um, and so that is a problem with the nature of those types of games. Right. But but what you have to do is you have to you have to know you have to be comfortable then that everything else that you're doing in the round is is enough fun so that when somebody does occasionally make the wrong choice, it's okay. Right. 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 And that's that's the challenge with those kinds of games. And that's in 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 Cards Against Humanity that leans on the humor on the jokes. Right. Right. But after you've heard all the jokes, it's not as funny anymore. Right. 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 And that too is. Um like when you think about, uh, I was thinking about uh, We Have Amnesia, my mm-hmm. old mustachioed game. Mm-hmm. Thinking about that, so there's 180 different questions, right? And the benefit you have to that is eventually you're going to see repeats. But there's 100 different, 180 different questions. There are 60 different um, cards with something on them, whether it's a mustache or a helmet or a hat or a facewear or whatever, yeah. sunglasses. Um you're going to see 16 of those in a game, mm-hmm. right? A 16 different combinations, uh, you know, 16 cards out of those 60, 
creates what might as well be infinite combinations, sure, right? Yeah, right. Um, and with 180 questions on uh, 90, no, on um, 180 questions on 18 cards, I think. I think it's 18 cards. Um, is it 18 cards? There's 10 on each, so yeah, so 18 cards. You're, the chances of you getting the same question with the same thing very slim, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus the variable of you have something different, right? Right. Uh, and with different people where it's not always the same group, mm-hmm. um, it becomes incredibly variable, right? Um, and I think that is, uh, I think that theoretically should make a lot more replayability. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about, I'm looking at verse over there, uh, which is the rap game we played, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like that has longevity with the right group only because even if you get the same card, the joke, right, or whatever, right. is not the same. With Cards Against Humanity, when I have some raunchy thing on a card, that is the joke. Yeah. The only thing that supplements that joke is what I put it on, right? But that's still the joke, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, you know, and I can only make a joke about that, you know. Being a motherfucking sorcerer right. so many times. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. funny the first time when you oh, see yeah. it on, you know, like Paula Dean or something, but like the second time when it's on someone else, it's just, it becomes less funny, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so player input, uh, I think you need to have, you, you can't, the sole source of fun from the game can't be the, the, the jokes from the game. Right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Right. It, it, it can't be, it can't be strictly coming from, from the information you get from the game. It has right. to, it ha- the, the fun has to come from the input of the players. Right. For it to have legs or for it to be sustainable, I think. Now, that doesn't determine success because, of course, Cards Against Humanity is probably one of the most successful games we've seen oh, sure. in our day. Right. But it has a success by constantly reselling itself to a younger, a new young audience. Yes, but right. it also has that for its own audience by constantly selling booster packs yes. and new additions, right? right? Because that is what really keeps it going. Yeah. Um, because without, without that... The game is dead in the water, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that that is, you know, yeah, I think that that's, that's cool. I think of a game like Singularity and, you know, when someone finally signs it, like that would be a game that would be fun to use with licenses, right? Oh, like yeah. with IP, mm-hmm. like this is the this is the Star Wars edition, right? So it's all Star Wars words, right? Which makes that game infinitely harder. <laughs> oh, because, yeah. Because, you know, you can't just put droid because there might be, you know, like there might be multiple, right? Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So okay. So, anyways, um, yeah, I'm curious about uh, I'm curious about builders' input on that thought. Other other perspectives on what keeps party games fun and keeps them sustainably fun over the long term. I would love more input on that. Unless your opinion is Cards Against Humanity will always be fun, in which case we politely disagree. Don't call us. <laughs> no, no, no. I would love. I w- actually would love to hear someone make that argument. And and yeah, I would and- love to refute that. So that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 just because it's our opinion doesn't mean that it's right across the board. No, and know? in this case, yeah. objectively, as you said, it is right. <laughs> no, no. I, if, if you, so if here's the thing: if you're a builder who thinks Cards Against Humanity is the bee's knees, and you've played it a bunch, and you still think that, yes, call us because I want to know why you think that. Yeah, but we're not. I don't mean to just make this about Cards Against Humanity either, right? That's just it's the low hanging fruit for us to talk about. There are a lot of other party games that just get dull for me. Um, uh, when you play them for too long, I, I mean, Jenga is that way, honestly. Um, and but some people love Jenga. Um, I'm trying to think uh, other party games that actually are good, not not party games that are bad like Twister. 
Um, that's not a party game. That's it's a, a it's a kids game. It's an activity. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm struggling to think of examples off the top of my head, but at Cards Against Humanity is just the low-hanging fruit here, but I know that there are other games out there that suffer from the same yeah. same issue. Yeah. Right. All right. Um, okay. I'm going to pitch we're, a game. We're going to listen to a voicemail first. Oh. I just want to make sure we have time for this voicemail. Yeah. Um, so the best is, I just happened to notice some of the words in the voicemail and the okay. transcription, uh-huh. uh, and now I'm super excited because I'm pretty sure he's mocking Singularity. Oh, <laughs> so, nice. Great timing, Nate. Right. We love you, bro. Hey guys, it's Nate. I just wanted to call you and tell you that you're big idiots because, well, I guess you already knew that. But yeah, the word for 11 in Spanish is once, once, doce, trece, catorce, quince, so on, so on, so on. Um, which, yeah, I'm not surprised you didn't know that. And the other thing is singularity is a horrible name. Um, as you said, it, it's more about science or science fiction than a party game. I think you should go with disassociation because uh, the game is actually kind of similar to telestrations, if you're familiar with that. Uh, and, you know, you're disassociated between the first word and the last word. And it wouldn't be hard to make it a team game because you could just have two people pick the word together, each of them then play through their own team, and then the two final guessers both have to guess. And if one team gets it right and the other gets it wrong, you know, they get points and all that. All right, well, I'll see you guys in like a week. So later. I think the best news out of that is that Nate's going to be at Gen Con. Other than yeah, that, I think he can just screw off. I, I, this association is <laughs> actually a really good name. Oh, no, it is. I it's a really good name. This um, is the best part. So if I decide to do that, that is going to see me at Gen Con and see <laughs> that's what the name is. <laughs> oh, it's a really good name. You. But it is, though. I think I It's think a much name. better name. What, well, so, so, Nate, just to defend, the point of the word singularity was really just because it was one word. Right? Yeah, sure, and that sure, was sure. the... Um, but disassociation is is a much better name. Much better name. Uh, probably the name I'll give the game when I'm bringing it to Gen Con. So I may be sweet to you at Gen Con, but when you hear this afterwards, you're the worst... I hate you. You can die in a fire. I probably put something in your bag and it's probably bad. Uh huh. And it might smell. Might be scorpions. Could be scorpions. <laughs> <laughs> now you need to like go get a rubber scorpion from a toy store and just like stick it in his bag some, somewhere so that when he fishes it out, he'll. I want to do that. Yeah. I'm a little sad because Daniel Newman was super nice at Origins. So I was sad about that because Daniel Newman usually is just mean to me. I know I really like that guy. <laughs> you were in it. Though. We argue. Uh, he gave me amazing feedback on Obanuton. Um, and that was really, really helpful, actually. And I really appreciated him for that. But he hated my um, he hated my uh, player aid cards so much that he asked if he could rip them up. So I <laughs> let him rip them up. And then he like hands them to me. And then I unzipped his backpack when he wasn't looking. He just dumped the trash in there. And he he has to know that I did it, but he never said anything. So maybe he's just like plotting his revenge at Gen Con. This could be my last episode. We don't know. Yeah, we don't so, know. So anyways. Um, okay. Yeah. That's funny. Good times. As far as the Spanish goes, um, so I've had three years of Spanish classes, and, and I feel like that's the first time I've ever heard that. <laughs> Me too. I feel like Nate's wrong. No, I, I'm, I believe that he's right. It just makes me question the Spanish classes that I have. Had. I don't know. I don't know. I'm also, I mean, as he said, an idiot. So <laughs> it's true. I, so I apologize. Trein. I don't know. It's German. Is it? Ein, zwei, trein. Keep going. I don't know any more than that. 
I actually only know that because that's there was a Bloodhound Gang song that started that way. Eins, fine, trying to like. Okay, and they're like they're they're rapping. Okay, I think maybe we're done. The Bloodhound Gang is not good. I think maybe the fact that you know a Bloodhound Gang song. <laughs> That implies that you probably bought their album? No. Oh, no, 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 no. no. That was back in the days where you stole music, Rob. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we might be done uh, with our friendship in general at this point. <laughs> Let the mother hee-haw burn. <laughs> remember that? When no, they had the donkey sound? I don't remember that. The roof. The roof. Oh, I do remember that. The roof is on fire. Yeah, the radio version would say, we don't need no water. Let the mother hee-haw burn. It was like oh. a donkey sound. <laughs> But they obviously said the other oh, word normally. Jeez, the so, Brown Gang. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You and me, baby, ain't nothing but mammals. Oh, that was them too. Yeah. 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 Anyway, yeah. so hey, Rob's gonna pitch a game now. <laughs> Nate, Daniel, keep us off track here, jerks. Yikes. So the this game uh, I don't really have a name for it. It's it's working title is just called um, Ye Old Item Shop. That's terrible. Yeah. Call, have you thought about disassociation? <laughs> I've heard that's a great. It's a pretty good name. What um, about disenchantment? Items. I don't know. I'm gonna ignore that. <laughs> uh, the so bloodhound gang. That's, that's a winner. Ding ding ding. <laughs> Uh, um, so, so like, like a year and a half ago, I don't know. Anyway, a while ago I played role player, uh, and I loved role player and, uh, I actually have not played it since, which is frustrating to me. <laughs> I played it exactly one time and it's killing me that I haven't played it again anyway. And, and, uh, I, I really was kind of inspired by that in, in, in that whole, you know, let's take this one tiny, tiny little piece of a role playing game and just hyper focus on it and build that out into a thing. Right? Macro yeah, I was like, oh man, that's that's really inspired. Yeah. Um, and I got to thinking, are are there any other opportunities for that? Is there is there anything else to do around that? And I got excited about the idea of running an item shop in an RPG. But I couldn't figure it out. Couldn't figure it out. I, I went back and forth on it for a while, just in my own notes and working on it, but I just couldn't couldn't get it to a place where I where I was excited about it. Right. Uh, recently a game called Moonlighter just came out on Steam, and I haven't played it yet. Um, but, uh, but I stole all the ideas from it. Well, so, so I was watching a, a video about it and, uh, and one of the things that you can do in that game is you can set your prices, uh, and you can price everything individually and whatever. And, and, and you can change the price and different people will want different things, different prices, whatever. Anyway. And I was like, Oh, Oh, that's, that's what I was missing from this idea is being able to set your own prices so that things don't always sell for the same amount Buy low, sell high. Right. And sometimes you might have to buy it for more than you could ever sell it. And maybe that's worth it if you're getting points out of it. Okay. Okay. I like right? that. I yeah. like where you're going with that. Okay. So, so um, this item shop idea. All right. So I've got right now, I've got 80 item cards. Okay. okay. Uh, I, I, they, they have a, first of all, they have a-, a Unique? Everyone is unique, right? Good Lord Rob. Yeah. I actually started at double that, but I cut it in half. <laughs> Because the first prototype was way too many cards. Because you had too many ideas for names. It was so fun, dude. It was so fun. I know, I know. I've done it before too. <laughs> it was so fun. Anyway, so so first of all, they're divided between uh, common, uncommon, and rare. Obviously, there's more common than uncommon and more uncommon than rare. Okay. Uh, they have they have a weapon type and a weapon affinity. So the types are things like, or I should say item affinity. So there's weapon, armor, magical, natural, uh, or uh, an accessory. 
right? Okay. Mm -hmm. So weapons and armor and accessories you carry around, maybe magic items, and then some other kind of natural thing you might have. Uh, uh, the affinities are wood and metal and fire and ice and light. Okay. So every item has, has some combo of those two things. You then have, uh, you have purchase prices and sales prices. The purchase price, one is a standard price and one is a, 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 a thieves guild price. And I'll explain what that means later, but the standard price is low. The thieves guild price is high. Okay. And then, and then also on the card, there are sale prices, and the sale prices are low, average, and high, okay? And they do not necessarily, sometimes they might match your, your purchase price, but, but more often than not, the, set, the price you can sell it for does not align with the price you can pay for it. Okay. Sometimes it's higher, sometimes it's lower. Again, it varies from item to item. I, I also had a lot of fun building out a spreadsheet with a lot of formulas to help me. <laughs> help me properly randomize that with just you know if i want to change the, the the balance in the economy i can just update the one cell and it populates to everything else that was that's important yeah that actually made doing that um manageable and not just tedious and mind-bending okay and then most of the items not all of them but most of the items have a special power okay okay um and some cards that special power works just with that one card sometimes you have to have a combo of cards two or three together in order to pull off that special power okay and the power yeah, so anyway so we'll come back to that all right so the game is played in three phases so every 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 and, and you're gonna you're gonna play until the de- the item deck runs out basically so in phase one uh, you you have some options. Uh, in, in phase one, we call that the acquisitions phase. That's where you're going to go out and you're going to get items. And there are a few different ways you can go out and get items. Number one, you can just go adventuring. You're, you're a guy, you have a character, and you can go adventuring. Uh, when you go adventuring, you just basically take a, uh, one card off the top of the deck for free. Okay. Nothing to it. Piece of cake. Uh, and when you're level, and, and you have your character, when your character's level one, you're going to take one card off the deck. Eventually, once you go adventuring enough, you're going to gain XP, and you're going to go to level two. And then when you go adventuring, you take two cards off the top of the deck. Oh, nice, nice. When you reach level three, you're going to take three cards off the top of the deck. Level three is the max for the game. Next, you can go to the tavern. Uh, at the tavern, what you're going to do is, is the start of each round, or start of this phase every time, you're going to flip over the top five cards from that deck and put those face up. And these represent other adventurers that have been out adventuring and instead of just getting something that you don't you don't know what you're going to get when you go adventuring you can see what they've got out there and you can buy a specific thing from them but in order to buy that from them, you have to pay the standard price okay you can also visit the thieves guild and there will be uh items of the thieves guild a stack of cards that as you play that stack grows uh, and what you're doing there is you're saying, hey, these are things that people here in town have. I'm going to hire the Thieves Guild to go steal it for me. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Okay, but you're going to have to pay the higher price for that because you got to pay the, the Thieves for the risk. Okay. Okay. Uh, next is a junk pile. Eventually, something things will pile up in the junk pile. Uh, and the, these are only ever going to be common things. So, so the Thieves Guild pile will only collect rare and uncommon items. Anything that's common that, that is done with gets thrown in the junk pile. When you go to the junk pile, you can take anything you want from the stack, anything at all, but you got to pay gold based on the depth in the stack. So the thing that's on top of the stack costs you one gold. The thing that's two cards down costs you two gold and so on right, and so forth. Right. right? And that's basically because it's the time you're spending to go look for it. Yeah. And I, I'm imagining, you know, you got to, you got to go pay Igor to go dig through that, oh, right? right? Or somebody, right, yeah. you're paying somebody to go dig through the garbage for you. And the longer it takes him to get that thing, the more he's going to charge you to do that. Right, right. Right. And so getting stuff out of the junk pile is going to be easy early in the game. Later in the game, though, if you want something that came up early, you might have to pay a lot more to get it. But at any time you can pick up either of those stacks and look through them to see what's in there. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. 
The third thing you can do, excuse me, the, I should say the fifth thing you can do uh, during the first phase is you can equip an item on your character. And that does take an action. And I should say in this phase, everybody has four actions. Okay. Okay. So you can sure. do four things. You can do the same thing multiple times if you want. Um, you can equip an item on your character. That's how you use the special powers. Okay. And any character can have up to three items equipped at a time. But never more than that. Even if you level up, you can never have more than three items equipped at a time. Okay. Okay. And and that lets lets you use special powers, like some things like maybe all wood items I can sell for plus two gold this time. Are the items slotted? Like I can't wear three helmets. No, you you can just any three items. Okay. So you literally could stack three helmets. That's yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, whatever. It, it, right. I don't want to be that complicated, or that detailed about it. You know. Um. So you know. So uh, every for every time I sell a wood item, I'm gonna I'm gonna get two plus two gold for it. Or if I can sell two or more light items this turn, I'm going to get an extra victory point for each of those light items that I sell, right? So those sorts of things. Those are the powers that are in there. Uh, there are also some sets, like this, sets of three, where if I, if at the end of the game, it doesn't do me any good during the game, but if at the end of the game, if I have it equipped, uh, then I'm going to get, if, if I have one thing from the set, I'm going to get some points. If I have two of them uh, equipped, I'm going to get more points. But if I have all three from that set equipped at the end of the game, I'm going to get a huge point bonus. But it's hard to get those things. That's when you're going to go digging in the, in, or excuse me, you're, that's when you're going to probably go hire the Thieves Guild to go buy, steal that crap for you. Right. All right. Okay. So, so phase one is over. You've collected some stuff in your hand. That's great. Uh, phase two is the sales phase where you are going to set your prices and customers are going to come in the door. Uh, you always start by setting your prices and that means you're going to pick, am I going to set my prices low, average or high for this round? Okay. Um, low prices, obviously you're not going to make as much money. High prices, you're going to make a lot more money, but there are consequences for that down the road. And I'll come back to that. Uh, Step two is you're going to stock your shelves, uh, and everybody starts the game with three shelves in their shop. You can upgrade more as you play later, but in the beginning you have three shelves. That means you can put out three item cards from your hand out for sale in that round, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, after that, after everybody stocked their shelves, you can see what other players have on the table, and you can buy things from their shops if you want to, but you got to pay whatever their price is, Okay. Um, after you can buy from each other, if you have extra cards in your hand, you can restock your shelves and then you just sell everything. It's an auto sell. There's no rolling dice or no worrying about it, but you have to have enough customers coming in the door to buy those things. So that's another thing is everybody also starts, uh, uh, starts the game with a standard of three customers coming in the door. Um, on later turns, if you set your prices low, word's going to get around town that you've got low, low prices. And the next time around, you're going to have an extra customer come visit your shop. But if you set your prices high, then you're going to make a lot more money, but it's going to get around town that you're kind of ripping people off. And you're going to have one less customer come the next round. Okay. Um, Medium, I assume, just as the net stays the same. Yeah, right. Average is just stable. <clears throat> it's just stable. Um, so and so, let's say, in, in, uh, again, uh, um, you can get more shelves. You can grow your customer base, those sorts of things. Um, but if you get to a point where you've got four customers coming in the door, but you've only got three shelves to put stuff on, you're only going to sell three things. Okay. I see. Okay. Right? That makes sense. Likewise, if you have four shelves and only three people coming in the door, you're only going to sell three things because only three, th- three people came in the buy stuff. Do you get to choose what sells? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, then, so after you sell your customers, then you adjust your customer flow. That's where you look at your pricing and uh, you either bump the number of customers for the next round up or down. It's never going to get below one, of course. And that's another upgrade you can do with, you can add signs and marketing materials and stuff to upgrade your shop. And that will increase that minimum customer count. Never more than six though. Right, right. Okay. And then finally you put things in storage because you're closing down for the night. 
storage is how you basically carry things over the next round. Okay. Uh, everybody starts with, with, with one storage. You think of one chest and you can put one item in one chest at the end of the night. So if, if a, after at the end of that phase, if you have three cards in your hand that didn't sell or that aren't equipped, if it's equipped on your character, it's fine. But if you have three cards in your hand, but you only have one storage, then you can only keep one thing to the next day. And the rest of those have to be discarded to the junk or to the thieves kill, depending on, on, you know, what the item type is. Okay. And, and you can upgrade storage again as you play. Okay. Yeah. All right. So now we move on to phase three. Phase three is when you do your upgrades. Uh, everybody then also has i uh, 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 I'm calling it a, an upgrade tray. It's just a, it's just a little a little tile with four spaces on it, and uh, uh, next to that uh, there is a stack of tiles. And these tiles you can buy for gold. Uh, that allow you to to do upgrades. That'll you can increase your storage. You can increase your minimum customer count. Uh, those sorts of things. You can also get victory point bonuses for for comboing certain upgrades together. Okay. You can go up to four upgrades at once if you want. Then you can spend more gold, and, and that represents you know space in your current footprint of your shop. If you want to spend more gold, you can expand your shop. You can buy another tray to do more upgrades on. Okay. Okay. Uh, at the end of that. Uh, after everybody, and you can go around, you can purchase as many as you want during that turn, as long as you have gold to cover it. Uh, and then that ends the round. You move the first player marker to the next person, and you go again. And that's that's basically how you work. Um, so it's about it's about getting stuff, selling it for a profit, getting victory. Oh, I, I forgot to say, everything you sell at a low price gets you two victory points. Everything you sell at an average price gets you one victory point. Sell things at a high price, you don't get any victory points for that. Oh, okay. So that's what stops you from in the end. Because <clears throat> so I was like, why in the last round? Do you not just charge high for everything? Because you're not getting victory points for right. it. So in victory points win the game. Money runs the economy, but victory points win the game. Exactly right. Money okay. money is only a tiebreaker. You don't you don't get to trade in money for points at the end unless you have a specific item combo that allows you to do that. Okay, right, right. Equipped. Right. Uh, and then also because it because it takes an action to equip something, if you want to save uh, you know, if you have a set of three things, but you don't want to equip it till the end of the end of the round, you're, it's going to require you three actions to go equip those three things. Then you're only going to have one action left in that final round to do something else. Um, so yeah. So, um, is that everything? Yeah. Okay. So a couple of thoughts. Sure. Uh, that sounds really fun. Uh, but it also sounds really complicated, but I'm guessing it's not once I see it. Yeah. Um, so I would love to play it because I think I could give even better feedback then. Oh, sure. But a, so a couple things that popped up. One, if I equip an item, mm-hmm. I can keep it forever. No one can ever stop me. Uh, once it, when it's equipped, yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, and two, when I put the items in a treasure chest, are those also safe for, for real? Nobody can touch them? They're safe. They go back to your hand at the start of the next turn. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then you can do what you want with them. Okay. I was curious about like... Um, the idea if the thieves guild could steal out of there, like at some super high price or something. So yeah, no, we'll say that they're magic chests that nobody. No, can that's get fine. Into. I just, yeah, yeah. just questions I had, and mm-hmm. um, so if early in the game, I get something that sh- allows me to convert money to victory points, like is that? But it only works if it's equipped at the end of the game, right? Yeah. But once I put it on, I'll never lose it. So true. But then you're also if you put it on if you put it on your character right away, uh, then that's one slot that's not being filled to give you other potential bonuses right, right, that right. other players are probably doing. Okay, not right. saying I got the balance of that perfect yet, but that's no, that's just, the idea. I'm just trying to think through. Yeah, right, right. right. So yeah, no, I mean, I, nothing glaringly jumps out to me as like, oh, you should. That's going to be a problem. So other than the name, but uh, 
I'm, yeah, I, we talked about names. Disenchantment, I'm telling yeah. you. Um, uh, yeah. No, that, I mean, that sounds, there's a lot to it. Like, I yeah. really want to see it. It's a lot of little moving parts. And I've actually um, simplified it uh, since the original idea. Wow. Um, I'm sure it's not nearly as complex as it sounds. It's, it's just, not. It sounds yeah. really complex right now, but yeah. Um, but but it sounds interesting, right? Like, I feel like there's four separate phases that make it easy to know what you're doing. Three right? phases. Three. Sorry, yeah. I thought there was a fourth phase. Nope. No. Okay. Well, I just made it over complicated. <laughs> no, it's four actions. Four actions okay. in the first phase. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so so yeah no I I want to try that I have to try that at Gen Con yeah definitely so, yeah yeah because yeah, it sounds it sounds fun it just sounds like it would take a turn or two and then be like oh okay I got this yeah yeah I think so I that's what I'm hoping yeah it, so I had done an original version like I said with like twice as many cards uh, uh, that we ended up playtesting with some friends a couple of weeks ago uh, and it was pretty rough it was pretty rough I mean the the core structure was there but my economy was super broken mm-hmm. uh, and the upgrade stuff didn't work at all in fact in, in that case I didn't have separate tiles for that it was just yeah you can buy as many upgrades as you want go for it um, and yeah, in gold, you can spend, you know, at the end of the game, three gold is worth one victory point and that's great. And, and <laughs> what he ended up doing is just hoarding gold, right? Oh, right. Yeah, hoarding yeah. money and not actually engaging with the game. Which is the opposite of what you want in a game like that. Right. Yeah. Um, so all, all that, all that stuff, all that stuff was super, super broken and terrible. So I did a lot of work on the economy after that. Um, and, uh, and, and switched from buy whatever upgrades you want to to that tile-based system and yep. limited expansion and, and increased prices and, and so on and so forth. Um, so again, not sure if, that I've got any of that balance right yet, but I, right. I feel better about it mechanically right. now. Yeah, at least you've gone through a first draft and you know what definitely doesn't work and theoretically this would be better. Right. Even if it's not perfect, it should still be better. Right. So, And by the time Builder's hearing this, I will have already pitched it to two publishers. <laughs> <laughs> Which is crazy to me. So we should try and play it on Thursday in case there's any like tweaks you could make. Yeah, like... we're gonna try and see some friends this coming weekend okay. before Gen Con to, to the same folks we played it with before. Oh, good, good. Yeah, yeah, to get get fresh perspective, not fresh, but I should say educated perspective on it. But right, yeah. right, right, right. But yeah, I would de- we definitely want to play it with you on Thursday. Well, and especially too, because you can do a soft pitch of like, here's how you play it. Here's you yeah. know, because obviously you need that to be quicker and right. like so. Yeah, cool. Right. No, right on. I think it sounds really inventive and neat. Right. So hopefully we'll see. Um, or it sucks. You don't know. Maybe it sucks. Maybe it's super boring. Maybe it's all of those things that I hate. Uh, uh, generic. Anyway, we'll see. Anything else for tonight? I think that's the end, isn't it? That's the end. Okay. Then uh, we're going to call that a night. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, if you want to talk to us, you can send us an email to buildinggamepodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at podcastvtg. Jason is at J.A. Slingerland. I am at poorly underscore designed. Like us on things. Give us uh, good reviews. Buy our games. Buy Saloon Tycoon and Epic Monster Tea Party. Buy Unreal Estate and Water Balloon Washout. Uh, go to the Game Crafter and get the Bum Academy for bug-based baking. And finish it, the Outrageous Storytelling Party game. And Treasure Trouble. Don't forget about that. And uh, uh, next week we will have, uh, I expect, some live recordings from Gen Con going up. So you guys can look forward to that. Um, and that'll do us. So good night. Good night.
Building the Game is a co-production of Imminent Entertainment and Poorly Designed Studios. All of the ideas presented by Rob and Jason are property of the Building the Game podcast.